So, um, like Bob said, Paula is out of town. Um, she's up with Carla, uh, Zonia, Hamilton, and then a friend of Zonia. They're up in Breckenridge. She sent me a couple pictures. They're hiking around, and um, she said they're having a great time. Probably going out to dinner tonight. And she gets back late tomorrow night. Um, I said, Sunday, coming back from the mountains is pretty brutal, right? Especially with all the skiers and stuff. And said, we're going to come back very late. I go, okay, great. So when she first announced she was going out of town, this is a couple weeks ago, maybe two and a half weeks ago, she says, do you mind if I have a girl's weekend? I says, no, I think that's great because I want to I get a guy's weekend, right? You get to go first and I get to go. And I do that all the time. I go fishing for the day or something like that. But, um, and I says, first thing I think about because my number two or three strength and strength finders is futuristic. I'm thinking, what's going to happen with Supper Club? She says, oh, hmm. Well, I'm not sure, and I says, I'll do it. I'll do it, begrudgingly. And I should have known the second I said that I was going to be under attack. And leading up to today, I was under major attack this week. And we all know what that's like to be under attack, right? It sucks. It sucks. But I think when we raise our hand and say, I'll do this, God, the enemy immediately goes, you're a target. And if you're not being attacked by the enemy, someone said that once. If you're not being attacked by the enemy, you're not really a threat. And I want to be a threat because I want God to use me to be a threat. Right? Right? So hopefully this message, this message originally <laughs> was titled, we're going to kind of get there in, in kind of a roundabout way, this, um, this message originally titled, The Things I Learned in My Second Marriage. Right? So, let me kind of lead up to where we're at right now. So when Paula asked me to, when I asked, when I volunteered, she didn't ask me to, when I volunteered to um, speak tonight, I started getting real busy at work. And I'm like, okay, Monday, Tuesday, I'll start working on this message. And uh, I, can, I can dovetail, I said, send me your notes from last week. Because her, her um, what she talked about last week was grace, gratitude, and generosity. Right? Yeah, there, there it is. I remember that. So I said, you know what? I can use examples of our, of, of, in our marriage, of grace, gratitude, and generosity. And mostly, it's all coming from her. Right? She has grown a lot in the grace, gratitude, and generosity because of me, because she's constantly giving me grace. <laughs> she is. She is. I would say it's 99% uh, me and 1% her. And I can only say 1% because we all know nobody's perfect. But most of it is, I'm the 99% of the problem. So this week, I, got, I started thinking about the message, what I was going to do, and I tried to prepare a couple times, and I got real busy. And Thursday, I got to the point where I was super stressed out. I haven't stressed this stress in a long time. I'm actually working on uh, uh, something for a, a client of ours. They're buying a house, and they probably the most challenging deal I've worked on in probably 15 years. It's been really, really a hard one. And in fact, Thursday night, we had our men's group um, at my office. And then Thursday was also my birthday. Now, if you know me, I'll say I don't care about my birthday. After 50, Foster and I were talking about this earlier. After I hit 50, I'm like, yeah, I'm not really going to count anymore. <laughs> Seriously. For some reason, at 50, was like, holy smokes, I'm like turning a corner here. And I know the guys are in their 60s and 70s going, you're just, you guys are just youngsters. Well, I don't feel that way. If Sterling or Aaron weren't here, they would 
probably think the opposite. Yeah, well, no, 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 we're not going to, no. So Thursday, I was so busy and I was so stressed out, and I ended up staying at the office till 11.15. And I was just getting more bitter and more angry all day long over this deal, and I was frustrated. And I was, um, I don't think I had any unkind words for my wife, but my actions, being passive aggressive, you can tell that I was angry. I was angry all, all week. I was leading up to this. And this morning, when I started preparing this message, I'm like, oh, I've been under attack all week. That's exactly what it is. I've been under attack. The enemy wanted to discourage me from being up here. So half of my message is just leading up to this part. We're not even into the to meet of this yet. Um, Thursday morning, Wednesday it really started. Thursday morning, I, I wasn't even talking to Paul. And there was nothing wrong with Paul, it was me. I was just internally just struggling with something. And I didn't know what it was. I know I was busy at work, I was stressed out. And I usually don't get that stressed out. I was really stressed out. And I got up and I, I just said, I gotta go, I gotta go to the office. And I go in the garage, open up the garage door and she pops out. She says, what's going on? I says, I cannot talk to you right now. I cannot, I need time to process what's going on with me right now. And, and Paula, like Bob, let's handle this right now. <laughs> right? Which is a good thing. It's a good thing. Sometimes I, I, don't, I don't have that in me. I need some time to process what I'm going through. And I also don't want to be in the heat of the moment. I might say something I shouldn't be saying. Amen. Right? She grabbed me and hugged me, and I just started, I just started weeping. She says, I love you. Right? We can end right there. That's grace. That's my wife. Those of you who know my wife, that's really who she is. Right? She's not perfect. I've learned so much from her and Bob and other people on this thing of grace. Growing up with no, no real grace or not knowing what it was in a non-Christian family um, and then experience it for really the first time. I think it was the first time I met Paul is where I really started understanding that. And it, and it didn't happen at once. It took a long time. People had to model it to me over and over again because I needed to know that it was real. Right? People can be nice to you sometime and show you favor sometime, but not all the time. I would say she does it 99% of the time. And so what I've learned from my marriage is what my, my wife has modeled to me. It was actually modeled to me. I can read about it. I can sing about it. But until I actually had somebody show me and model me, then I could receive it. Then, hopefully, I can model it to other people. I can model it back to her. I can model it to my kids, because I wasn't that grace-based in my first marriage. Angry, passive-aggressive, um, bitterness, and, uh, well, and in a divorce, right? So, I was a big problem in that marriage. I was a big problem in that marriage. Um, so, we moved to... I'm not even looking at my notes, but I think I probably should look at it and make it look like this is legit. Um, I got to think about this. So I, at the men's, I talked to Bob the other day, and we were talking about this mess. I said, send me some guidance, send me some notes to kind of 
frame this whole thing, because I don't do this very often for Paula and Bob and people who speak more. It's, it's more natural for them to write this stuff down and to be organized. Hi, David. <laughs> I was stalling until you got here. You don't have to sit in front of you if you don't want to. So I talked to Bob about this message, and I said, well, I'm thinking about changing it to the story of the talents. And I actually am going to speak on that someday, because that story fascinates me, the story of the talents in the Bible. And little teaser here, basically, Jesus is getting ready to leave, and the apostles don't know that. Right? They're like, Master, when are you going to come back? If you're going to go away, when are you coming back? Then he tells the story of the talents, right? And it's an amazing picture. And when I was reading that story... I felt like, I feel like the guy who's got one, one talent, right? Because there was five, three, and one, right? Then I started praying this morning about that. I said, God, what do you want me to talk about today? I know we're supposed to be talking about grace, gratitude, and generosity. Is this where you want me to go? I know he didn't want me to talk about the talents. So now that's not the message for tonight. We, we need to work on this. So I went to what Paula says, her favorite source, the Google. (laughs) Right? And that's what she says. It's not Google, it is the Google. And I typed in. Grace. What is grace? What is God's grace? I just typed it in. And this, this happened this morning. After three cups of coffee, I am not kidding you. I never have three cups of coffee. I had three cups of coffee, and I bowed my head. I typed in, I bowed my head, and I just prayed. I said, God, give me something that you want me to share. This message is for me, but it's for somebody here. It's maybe for everybody here. I looked up. And this is the definition that came up. It's not a a quote from the Bible. Maybe I'm on page five. I don't know. We'll see here. I'm kind of rolling through this thing. Here it is. Grace. The freely given, unmerited favor and love of God. The freely given, unmerited favor. Favor and love of God. Unmerited. That word just struck out at me, right? We don't deserve it. The influence or spirit of God operating in humans to regenerate or strengthen. A virtue or excellence of divine origin, the condition of being in God's favor or one of the chosen. When I read that, I wept. I, I, I wish I could describe it. I wish I could almost go back to that place. I wept. For some reason, I just felt God's presence come over me. And that doesn't happen to me, guys. That does not happen to me. And it happened this morning. I was so burned out, and I was so frustrated. And I'm like, I got to do this thing. I almost, I, I almost called her yesterday and said, we need to cancel Supper Club. I cannot do this. I'm not mentally and emotionally ready for this. I was angry and I was bitter, and that all came off me this morning, about 9.30 this morning. 
on my laptop, in the kitchen, after my third cup of coffee, and a couple pancakes. <laughs> and I said, thank you, Lord. Thank you for this definition. Thank you for this, this revelation you gave me. And I, and, and I closed my eyes, and I just wept. I don't know what it was. It's never come over before. Um, and he said, Chris, my grace is sufficient for you. We're going to talk about grace today. This message is for you, especially you, and it's a message for other people here. I'm not sure who, but hopefully I can, I can have the message come across how God intended it to be. At the same time I was thanking God, this happened, and it, I, was, I was almost on the floor. I was uncontrollably crying with joy because God gave me this vision he gave me this picture, and I want to I read it as a story, because he gave me this picture, this image. Almost, it was almost, almost like a video or multiple photos, and after I got this picture, he said, I want you to write this down. I want you to, to, to write and share this experience. And I started typing. He goes, no. Delete, delete, delete. I want you to do this. And I probably wrote for about an hour. I wrote this message, and I didn't get to clean it up as much, so I'm hopefully I can get this story out. I may have to read it. But it's this vision that God gave me this morning, and the burden I carried this week had been lifted off of me. And I can't explain it. It's never happened to me ever. It's the first time ever. And God knows how to speak to me, because I, I I, I've never heard his voice. I don't think I have. But it was definitely impression, it was definitely envision. And like I said, it's something, I when I got saved, it was, it was, this is not the same. This is different. So here it is. I'm in a jail cell. And if you could picture maybe a 17th or 18th century jail cell, it's damp, it's dark, it's cold, and it's lonely. And I am in this jail cell, it has huge iron doors, and I'm assuming it's locked, but I'm on the floor and I am freezing. I am cold. I'm on this cold, concrete floor and in the distance I hear water dripping plop plop and it echoes so I know this place is bigger than just the jail cell I'm in or the prison it's got to be a prison but I don't hear anything else except for this plop and it echoing if you can just imagine this it's a horrible place. I, I, would, I would say it would be hell for me to be in a place like this, more importantly, to be alone. If you have somebody in there with you, it's different. You can have some type of fellowship. But I was all alone. And I'm thinking, why am I here? I deserve to be here. I know I'm supposed to be there, but I don't know why. And I know that it's a life sentence. I'm like, this is it. I'm done. It's over. But I don't know why I'm there. 
I just know I'm there. And I'm thinking of being alone. And in the distance, I can hear some type of footsteps. And it's not somebody walking, like you see in the movies, they're wearing heels, and you can hear it echoing. No, it's soft. It's a soft footstep. And then I hear a key go into a lock and, and turn a lock, and it's a, very, it's a loud sound, but it's in the distance. And I hear this iron door open up, and it creaks. Then I hear the footsteps getting closer and closer and closer. Until those footsteps are right in front of my jail cell. Key goes in, clank, opens up. Now it's dark. I can't see who this is. And I hear these soft, almost gentle footsteps come into the room. Then there's this light. This light is behind this man. And this man, like, leans in the light and reaches out. And it's Jesus. And it's how you would picture Jesus. He's like in this white cloak thing. And he's got the hair and the, got, the, got a cool beard. Almost as good as John's. He's got a cool beard. And he says, Chris, I'm here to set you free. Take my hand. And I grab his hand, and he pulls me up, and he gives me a bear hug, and he just holds on to me. And he whispers. He says, I'm with you now, and you're free. Let's go. The next, pic the next picture I have, I'm on a busy sidewalk, probably like New York City, standing right next to Jesus. I am standing probably downtown New York. It seems like New York, probably in front of, in front of one of the Trump Towers, <laughs> with Jesus. White limousine pulls up. Guy gets out, opens the door. Me and Jesus both get in the back seat. I'm like, holy crud, I'm in a limousine with Jesus. He leans over and says, Chris, we're not done. I'm going to take you someplace special. I'm going to take you someplace really special. I'm like, I'm in, let's go. Pull up to a fancy restaurant. Fancy, fancy, fancy. I, don't, I, I couldn't tell you the name. The next picture is us walking in. We're seated at a table with a white tablecloth in the middle of all these people. And I'm sitting across from Jesus. Remember the hair, the beard. And he says, Chris, you can have anything you want. It's on me. It's on me. When you say that. So I order the thickest, tenderest filet with a loaded baked potato, because there's nothing else. You got to get loaded baked potato or you don't get a baked potato. Loaded baked potato or go home. Glass of wine and a water. And they bring it over to me, and Jesus didn't have anything. I don't remember him ordering anything or having anything. I think he is just there in delight of watching me be set free and enjoying a good meal. I'm surprised I'm not bawling right now because today was a hard day for me. This all happened just a few hours ago. 
So I'm typing this thing up, and I'm like, man, I gotta, I gotta, how am I gonna read this stuff? I'm not gonna be able to read this. He says, Chris, lean across the table. Before I, before I actually cut it in my seat, grab my hand. He says, Chris, do you trust me? I said, yeah. I trust you. He said, I want you to do something for me. Would you do something for me? I said, absolutely. What do you want me to do? He said, I want you to remember this day. And you, I want you to draw upon this day when you're having a bad day. Right? I said, I can do that. He says, I want, to, I want you to model this type of grace that I showed for you to other people. That's how I think of Paula. That's how I think of Bob. That's how I think of a lot of people. Modeling that kind of grace. I think I printed like 10 pages. So I got to somehow tie this all into this right here. The transition, right? Man, I'm still on the prison part. Holy smokes. So what God imprinted on me today was, for me, was not a message of salvation. It could be a message of salvation for somebody, right? That's a pretty good picture, I think, of a message of salvation. This was a message, though, specifically for me today, and probably, hopefully, for somebody else. Those of us that are believers, that are followers of Jesus, Sometimes we put ourselves in that prison. Sometimes we put ourselves in that jail cell, right? Sometimes we close the door and we lock it. That's where I was. I had already been set free. I had already been set free. Why was I there? I put myself there. I wasn't partnering with Jesus. Jesus wanted me, and this is what he said at the table, and this is one of I wrote this down. He says, Chris, from now on, I want you to partner with me. Will you do that? I want you to talk to me. I want you to share everything with me. Because I'm your father, and I'm your friend. He says, you need a friend right now. I said, yeah, I do. And that's what he wants for everybody here. He wants you to partner with him. He wants you to take these, I know. So many of us are going through struggles right now. Physical, emotional, financial. I know what it's like. You see Paul and I, and you think, oh, these guys are, you know, I wouldn't say Ken and Barbie. <laughs> Maybe 20, 30 years ago. Fat Ken and short Barbie, I don't know. But, you know, we go through struggles like anybody else. 
but our relationship is getting better and better. The main reason is because of my wife and her obedience to God. Why do you think she started Supper Club? She didn't start Supper Club to try to pack this place in. I mean, it'd be nice. She came here because she wanted to build a community, right? She wanted people to get together and share. Let's be real. Let's be transparent about what's going on. We don't need to do the church thing all the time. And, and nobody here does that. I'm great. How are you? Oh, I'm fantastic, right? I did that before. When I first became a believer, I thought that's what you did. You got to look good. You got to sound good. You got to say the right things. Got to throw in some amens, right? Amen. <laughs> so, yes, things I learned in my second marriage, grace is the biggest thing I've ever, I've ever learned. Without grace, I don't think gratitude and generosity show up. That's why grace is first, right? My gratitude is for the grace that God gave me. And I want to pass that on to everybody that I can. I need to be reminded, though, of that story and that picture of me being in that jail cell, right? Generosity. Something else I learned from my wife. <laughs> She's a generous person with her finances. And I'm not going to talk about money, okay? Because if I, <laughs> I remember going to church and they're talking about money, I'm like, hey, I'm out. I don't, want, I don't want to talk about money. God wants to talk about money sometimes, though, because he's know what our hearts think about money, right? How we covet money. We want to have nice things. We want to make a nice income. Who doesn't want that, right? But generosity in time and of yourself. Paula does real estate full-time. She does mediations. She does a Tuesday night, we're taking a break right now, which is a Tuesday night, I don't want to say marriage class, relationship class. We do it in Village Inn. And she does a supper club. She's a busy woman. She's a generous woman. And guess what? She's modeled that for me, to be more generous. She's generous with her time. Those of you that are friends of Paula and have gone through anything in your life, most people reach out to her because she always seems to be the strong one. Sometimes she's not. But she is constantly meeting with people, having coffee, and just sharing and listening. Mostly that's what she's doing. She'll give you her advice. If you know, if you know my wife, she'll give you her advice. And she usually gives pretty good advice, too. So the things I've learned in my second marriage, it's been this and more. But number one is grace because it's been modeled to me. And if you could... Model grace, whatever your picture of how God has given it to you, if we can model that to other people, it could be a family member, it could be a friend, it could be somebody you don't know, right? And give of your time. That's super generous. And give your money. In fact, we're going to pass the offering basket around again. I'm just teasing. We're not going to do that. Sorry about that. Now, I'm not putting Paula on a pedestal. I'm really not. I know she's listening to this message, you know, probably in a few days. And she's not perfect. But she's been the difference maker in my life because I've seen her model 
all three of these things. And I hopefully, that's rubbing off on me. Hopefully, I'm able, because I've seen that from her, and I've seen that from Bob, and I've seen it from other people, hopefully, I can model that to other people. I want to thank Joe and Stephanie. This is probably all Joe, and this is probably all Stephanie for taking care of our food tonight. We appreciate that. Prayers for Joe. He just had hip replacement surgery. In fact, we're going to have some ministry time here in a minute. John, prayers for you and the stuff you're going through. And for Sarah being on your side. It's better than being alone, right? How awesome is that? So good to see you guys. Debbie, for what's been going on with you and your back and your your injections. It's not easy to sit, is it? Thank you for being here. So we love you guys and appreciate you guys. Thank you for being here. We're going to go eat in a second. Bob, did you want to finish up? Gotcha. Thank you. Thank you.